the Garden of Sound. I'm your host, Ian Turner. On today's show, we travel all the way back to May of this year when I spoke to Dillustrate. Big things have been happening for them, including the release of a brand new single, which I'm going to play at the end of the show. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Garden of Sound Live. Tickets are now available for the second Garden of Sound Live gig, which is happening in just over a month's time at the Exchange Cafe in Christchurch. That's on Wilson's Road. I'm super excited to announce that on the bill are Lotus, who hail from Kashmir High School. We've got Dear No One from Rangiruru Girls College. And headlining are Malinko, who've just released their debut EP, Sly Dog. You can get along to the gig for a mere $8 plus booking, but that super early bird price is only going to be available until the 7th of October. So visit gardenofsound.nz right now while you're listening to the show and click on the link on the front page. Or you can head along to Eventbrite right now and search for Garden of Sound. Right, today's guests, Dillustrate. It's been a huge 2018 for them, kicking off with Electric Avenue, then the release of their debut EP, and now they're lined up to support Fat Freddy's Drop. But how did Dillustrate come together and what gives them their amazing sound? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dillustrate on Plains FM 96.9. Where did you guys start first playing together and how did the name come about? Oh, well, um, we've been playing together for years. Uh, so we started off, um, we went through jazz school together um, and that would have been circa 2006, 2007. 2007. About, about right? Yeah. yeah, about right, yeah. Um, so we we jammed together a little bit, bits and pieces on and off, um, just as, as part of the Christchurch music scene, but never really working that closely together um, until we started. We, we played a few different different bits and pieces. Yeah, right, I think so. we, we played, um, obviously, because we were in the same year at school. Mm. We played We played on each other's assessments. That's the one, yeah. And we'd do the odd jazz gig when we get it, and everyone would be oh, yeah, we got a jazz gig at Fat Eddie's. That was the big <laughs> thing. So, you know, we'd always um, we'd have a collection of friends that we would pick from, Yeah, you know, and we'd play. But it wasn't till like, maybe 2012 mm. when we um, went away for our first, we basically played on our first, um, first gig away from town at the Shot Over Sunshine. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a long time ago. It is a long time yeah. ago. So tell me the story about the name Dillustrate. Uh, so so Dillustrate is um it's kind of got a couple of different origins. Um, one is just for us is just our mutual love of um beatmaker Jay Diller. So he's a US uh, beatmaker um who died in two thousand six and he's mm. just an absolute genius mm. uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Um so the name Dillustrate is kind of a, a, a two part thing, so it's a little bit like demonstrate. You know, it's kind of cheesy, like, you know, Dilla straight. Um, and the reasoning for behind that for me is that we want to try and emulate the kind of the, the work ethic and the um, uh, all of those positive attributes that Dilla represented yeah. as a musician. Yeah. Um, he's just an absolute inspiration to us. Yeah, and just that whole, like, that whole, the innovation process behind what he was doing with his, you know, especially for us, it's very inspiring for someone to innovate something so massive out of in comparison to today to to the technology that they had in mm. had in his day to mm. what he was able to to produce i think it's for us and now subconsciously we think it's like we are we hold this um we've chosen to use this name 
So we kind of, kind of hold this burden to kind of trying to innovate a sort of like a, a, a vibe and sound with just two of us. Yeah. You know, mm. using what we have yeah. in the same way Jay Diller did. And that's how I kind of see it. And yeah, yeah, nice. My, the, you know, how we way to pray homage to the main man. Mm. You know? yeah. mm. Okay, so let's start at the very beginning. For each of you, Hanare, what was your first musical memory? Of all time? Of all time. From a little kid, you know? Probably walking downstairs one day and my dad was in his pyjamas singing Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On. <laughs> Not the most fond memory, you know, because he, he was doing the ironing and um, he, had, he had this album called Rhythm in Black and it, was, it had everything from... Um, the Temptations through to Stevie Wonder to uh, the Jackson 5 and it had two Marvin Gaye tracks on it had um, Sexual Healing and Let's Get It On and it was it was honestly overplayed so much in my house that <laughs> it would just get to I think I actually can pretty sure I remember it was like track 7 was Let's Get It On and I come downstairs <laughs> one day and I had this my dad was, you know, he was an okay singer, but he wasn't obviously. He was nothing like um, Tim's dad here, who's like a like a virtuoso. But he was. Um, I just remember just 
been like, man, that's awesome. And that was like my sort of kick into gear of mm-hmm. like, um, I really kind of like listening to that. So I started listening, going through my dad's CDs, even though he didn't like anyone, any one of us touching, touching his CDs because they were like his thing. Even though he didn't listen to them, he was weird. But he had <laughs> them. But he had everything from that album to Led Zeppelin to Pink Floyd, Fleetwood Mac, Chicago. Yeah, just yeah. as bro- um, boys to men, all for one. Yeah, buddy. All of these like old school, you know, massive. Even had a Snoop Dogg album in there. Jimi Hendrix. I could go on forever, but it was like, I think mm. it was that was my thing. It was like, even though I was like, well, this is weird. My dad, dad is definitely singing. Let's get it on in his pajamas. Before we jump over to Tim, uh, you're a singer and you're a drummer. Yes. Has any of that sort of Marvin Gaye thing? kind of influenced you well definitely the vocal style yeah definitely the vocals yeah oh, of course mum goes the man so mm. it was like I was like had a, I remember just been like far out I guarantee that just got all the ladies that song and obviously yeah it did so I was like <laughs> how do I how do I sing like that yeah obviously you know obviously no Marvin Gaye but it's like yeah that was that was pretty um, that was definitely the one of the the elevations into trying to be a singer <laughs> and tim what about for you growing up well I, I think when i was growing up music was just kind of always around me um my dad is a vocalist he sang in rock bands in the 70s and 80s and was a, a gigging musician through most of my life um well, all of my life actually um and my granddad on my mum's side is a jazz trombonist so um always heard music from both sides of the family um uh, and also my brother was uh, d- d- always dabbled in a lot of different music and is subsequently a drum and bass producer and electronic music producer. Um, so I think th- there was always a lot of music going on. Um, the memory that I specifically remember of me finding some kind of connection with music was um, uh, for Christmas when I was four years old, um, receiving a toy keyboard. It was one of these terrible little Casio keyboards, right? <laughs> you know, this thing is about half a meter long and just the the tinniest sounds on it and my relationship with music at the time um because i was utterly insane as a child i think it's fair to say um was turning on the demo um turning it up as loud as i can and pushing the tempo up to the (laughs) highest possible setting and then running around the house with it um so that my parents couldn't catch me and make it stop (laughs) Um, so that's my earliest memory of music, specifically. Did you feel pressure with so much music in your family to follow suit, uh, or was not, it natural? Not really, not really, no. I, I remember I had piano lessons when I was younger, and, I mean, don't start thinking that the piano is the coolest instrument to be playing when you just enter high school. Um, so there were a few times when I was thinking about jacking the whole thing in, like, this just isn't this isn't worth it, I'd rather play an electric guitar. Um, but no, I never felt pressure. Um I think uh, the fact that my parents never really forced me into anything, they just kind of left the instrument out and went, well, let's see if he takes it up, um, was a big part of that. And yeah, just just naturally over time became more and more drawn into it until it became an obsession that I couldn't mm. escape. So um, yeah, not at all. Hanare, anything else other than drums and vocals for you? Um, guitar? Mm. Always, mm-hmm. wanted play, always wanted to play bass. Always wanted to play bass. That's, that's I'm still going to play bass. It's my dream. One day I'm going to play bass. Yep, I'm going to play bass. Screw it. I'm going to actually play bass. Any particular bass player that you know you could see yourself stepping into the shoes of? Um, nah, 
because um, I'll probably be 70 when I try to learn to play bass. But, um, <laughs> yeah, probably like um, – well, it's hard to know because half of my students are like amazing bass players. So it's like I'm like every time I see them play, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that just yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other than that, it was guitar, the old Maldus drum. I saw the I don't even think that's it I can't even That's the other thing my dad has over me He's got the The mildest drum down Yeah (laughs) You talk about teaching Other than music What have you done along the way? Any pit stops or diversions to illustrate? Well Music education is the only other career choice I've had Tim's Yeah Yeah and my, my alternative identity is a, uh, a research assistant with an economics unit at Lincoln University. So uh, um, I'm involved in a lot of uh, a lot of work out there. So, I mean, that's pretty much as far from music as you can get at the moment. So uh, for me, it's a little bit like pursuing dual careers um, with music being the focus because that's my passion and that's my love and that's the, the only thing I can really do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm terrible at anything else, including my, my day job, which is why I continue to play music. Um, but that is that is the career diversion. I've, I've considered a few other options, but music's really the thing that's always come back. So I don't think I could survive, you know, physically, emotionally doing anything else. So work, music, balance there. How do you squeeze it all in? Hmm. Well, you kind of have to. It's like, I remember going to a, a seminar in 2016 with um, Tom Larkin from Shehead, and he always, he and emphasise the the um, the importance of having that baseline income mm. when you're an enthusiastic musician. And I've always thought, well, that's cool. I'm doing that now. I'm gonna. Um, and here comes the dog. <laughs> I'm gonna follow suit, and I'm. Yeah, mm, yeah. That's kind of the that's the importance of being a being a um, having a job as a musician, and, and especially in New Zealand. Hundred you know percent, I mean? and and I think especially for us because you know we have had the um, you know we've been very fortunate enough to tour as much as we have, and we've only yeah. been technically a band in the public eye for fourteen months, mm. and we have toured the country four times, so you know been able to do that is mm. comes down to the fact that. We have been able to support ourselves in other areas. What was the key thing that led to this meteoric rise? Because that's a really short amount of time. Oh, never been described as meteoric yeah. before. I was just like, I'm going to take another. Yeah, oh, interesting. I think I think we've 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 all played in bands together before. So so me and H have uh, toured together in different, several different um, original projects. Sort of Soul System and Ahori Buzz being the the more prominent ones, um, and. I think what was come out of that was uh, it's just a stronger desire to do more. I mm. think mm. Um, being on the road and and playing different towns and trying to promote yourself in places that are not at all familiar to you is is mm. definite part of the the drive for us. Um, and plus, just any excuse to be on the road with these guys, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as many opportunities to play music as possible is basically the drive. So you've talked about Anare growing up with a very wide range of music, including Marvin Gaye, and you've talked about Jay Diller as a major influence. Who else has influenced Illustrate? Stevie Wonder. 100%. Michael Jackson. Yep. Um, the brothers we've toured with, um, the likes of uh, LAB, Boys from Cora. Hmm. For me, um, Electric Wire Hustle. Um, yeah. Basically nearly every Māori 
artist that has come out ever. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'd like to add to that. Uh, I'm a massive Radiohead fan. Mm. I can't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica Badu is mm-hmm. probably my my spiritual teacher. I will follow <laughs> everything she says. Mm. Um, yeah, even though jazz artists, you know, Miles Davis, John yeah. Coltrane. Um, it's, it's a huge range of stuff. I mean, you know, it is pretty massive. And it's the thing is, it's like we've kind of shared music together. Even when we weren't playing together, we were sharing music. Hundred percent. Yeah. Is there a track from one of those artists you want to play today? I think there's a there's a mutual shared favorite track of ours in terms of the kind of neo soul area that we that we're trying to um, uh, play more of and, and illustrate and get more of that kind of sound out. And that's a tune called Brown Skin by India Ari. Um, mm. I think for us, like just the the groove on that and mm. the way she sings and the way the instrumentation comes together mm. is just unreal. The whole the whole the whole vibe of the song yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Brown skin, you know I love your brown skin. I can't tell where yours begins. I can't tell where mine is. Brown skin, up against my brown skin. Eat some every now and then. Mississippi or Island Apparently your skin has been kissed by the sun You make me want a Hershey's kiss Your licorice Every time I see your lips It makes me think of honey-coated chocolate Your kisses are worth more than gold to me I'll be your almond joy You'll be my sugar daddy Brown skin You know I love your brown skin I can't tell where yours begins I can't tell where mine is Brown skin Up against my brown skin Need some every now and then Magnetic pulls me and I can't get out Disoriented, I can't tell my up from down All I know is that I wanna lay you down Every time I lay you in Abra magic happens as we swim Higher and higher, finally we reach heaven Come back to earth My brown skin Need some every now and then Skin so brown, lips so round Baby, how can I be down? Beautiful mahogany You make me feel like a queen You make me feel like a queen 
from Dan's Produce. When you're putting food on the table, it's not just about the cost, it's also how good it tastes. At Dan's Produce, you get both. Lower prices and fresher food, all from a great city location. And when we say fresh, all the fruit and veg you buy from Dan's is kept cool and undercover no matter what's happening outside. So next time you're out shopping, make a beeline for Dan's Produce. On the corner of Draper Street and Stanmore Road, just over the bridge. And if you let us know you heard this ad on Garden of Sound, you'll get an extra 10% off your next shop. Dan's Produce, open 8 till 6, 7 days a week. On the corner of Draper Street and Stanmore Road. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dillistrate on Plains FM 96.9. Tim, what was the first concert you attended? Oh, that is a hard one, eh? It was it was probably a terrible school concert or something like that. Um, see, I, I went to like a I went to a Catholic primary school, so it was always like a nativity type thing. So I don't know if that really counts, like children trying to sing over a band entirely comprised of other children. Um, what was the first gig you paid money to attend? Oh, that's a great point. No one's paying for that, like. You'd have to pay people to attend those. Um, it's a great question. I, I think it was. Um, I think when I started going to concerts, it was probably more something like um, when I was about thirteen, fourteen, and just too into like pop punk at the time. So I think this is really. Oh god, this is actually really embarrassing. I think it was. I think it was like Good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> at um at what's now the 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 one in town the Horncastle, um oh 
God, that's that's upsetting. But yeah, I had a, I had a massive phase in high school where I was just really into punk rock and don't want to listen to anything else. Um, but yeah, I wish I had something cooler to say, but that's the honest truth. Hanari? So 1999, I went to Salmonella Dub. This is post, this is pre-Tikitane as a singer. Whoa. He was, um, he was a sound engineer. This is in the, um, <laughs> the Ashburton um, Regent Theatre. Okay, and everyone who was there was either year nine to 25. And I remember about 2009 and 10, when we were actually on the road with Salmonella Dub, I asked one of the guys, what is the worst show you've ever played? And they were like, this one in Ashburton. And I was like, epic, I was there. <laughs> Why was it so bad? Um, because everyone was just hammered. <laughs> everyone went for the support act, who was like a a college band. Yeah, and but I got my first pash, so it was mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was their name? The band? No, the pash. <laughs> what her first name? Oh. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> so when we're talking about bad experiences, not just watching, but you guys on stage, what's been your worst collective Dillustrate experience? Um, I'd, I'd like to offer one here. Uh, so we we played at Northern Bass Festival over New Year's this year. Um, H has given me a look like he knows exactly what's coming. Um, but we part of part of our rig we we use um, Ableton Live, so it's a software that we use to to, to in our performance. Um, and I have a bunch of plugins that I run on there. Um, so we sound checked backstage because we just plugged everything in while there was still a DJ out the front, checked it all. They're like, right, great, it's all working sweet. And then as soon as we move it up the front, unbeknownst to me, I managed to hit some kind of deactivate button on the controller that we use for the software, um, which effectively put our entire set into phase, meaning that um, it, basically nothing was coming out the front of house and subsequently nothing coming out of our monitors. Um, so we just thought there was some kind of technical issue on their end that had led to the fact that there was no none of our like APC stuff coming out the front. Later found out about halfway through what was quite a big set for us, um, that I had hit this button. <laughs> and uh, this is after our sound guy had already driven all of the levels up, thinking, why have we got no signal? It turned all the gains up. I just hit the button on the thing, took it out of phase, massive blast through the system. I'm surprised I didn't take out this guy's eardrum. He did. Okay, I did take out H's eardrum. Um, and then it came blasting through the system. So we effectively played half of our set without a large component of our, of our audio coming through at what was one of our biggest gigs at the, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll take the responsibility for that. But you coped. Yeah, we did. We did cope. So, yeah. so uh, this is a this is a big part of our setup. Actually, is the fact that we we tour the way we tour. Um, we tour with a drum kit. Uh, we we tour with a bass synth. We tour with a, a regular keyboard, and then we have both of our vocals, so that we are able to use those no matter what happens during our set. So, um, we were able to just switch out and just do a little bit more, kind of go a little bit off the scheduled uh, scheduled set list and have a bit more of a jam. And that worked out really well. 
but yeah, it's, I mean, that, just that feeling, realizing that it's your fault, mm. um, and then subsequently blasting your bandmate's eardrum um, is pretty terrible. So you've described what some people would call a complicated setup, rather than just a singer and a guitarist or yeah, yeah, yeah. someone sitting down at an acoustic piano. Hundred percent. What's the music making process for you guys? How does a song come to being? How does it come about? So we've in the past so far, so we've only recorded five tracks. Mm. We've played hundreds. Yeah. But we've only recorded five. So we write together and we have a very good friend of ours in Auckland, a man called Ben Malone who works at Roundhead Studios. He worked with Neil Finn, he's worked with um Mumford and Sons, Charlie Puth, he's, he's we're very, very fortunate to have him as a as um not only a producer but as a very close friend and a and a co writer. But um so we, we write and then we get in the studio with him and he slaps us around and um comes up with the magic and to be fair, like the E P that we released we were both very well, that was the only four songs we had written, and he was like, "Wow, um, what other songs have you got?" And I was like, um, "Those ones." <laughs> and he's like, "You meant to have forty and we're like, "Well, we've got four <laughs> and he managed to he man, he managed to turn those four into four songs that we mm. actually collectively listened to That's... and and like and love and loved the the result. <laughs> That's actually what I like about working with Ben in particular because we took him four very different songs and said, hey, can you make these sound consistent, please? Um, and he managed to do that. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So the EP is called Black Diamond. Is there a theme running through those very different songs? Uh, not not consciously. No, not really. Um, so where does Black Diamond come from? A VCR player. The old Mitsubishi. Yeah. Band of VHS. Yeah. It was in Tim's room. And we were writing the song, and I was like, look at that black diamond just sitting there by itself, left alone like a heart in the sea. <laughs> yeah, and there we go. That became the chorus lyric, yeah. Mm. So what about plans for the full album? Well, we're, um, we're currently uh, in the process of writing songs again. Um, so we've got we've got so many. I, th- I think it's that thing is because we, we we write independently and then come together and we workshop the, the mm. ideas. Um, so we have we're sitting on... A mountain of material at the moment that we need to sift through, yeah. sort out. You know, maybe um, I'll have one section, H will have another. So, so the process at the moment is we're in what I'd, I'd call probably informal pre-production at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once once we have the material together, um, we'll probably be taking that to our producer and saying, "Hey, look, this is what we have," mm. um, and then we'll start talking about tracking. So, do you play, sing everything yourselves on the album? Yes. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything is, majority is all analog. Everything is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we, we, we did have a couple of guests on our EP as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we were very lucky for that. Well, basically, uh, <laughs> de facto family member of ours is uh, Emily Browning, mm. um, who I think you've talked to on the show before. Um, but she's just a phenomenal rhythm guitarist. Easily the best female artist I've ever worked with in my life. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she she's incredible. Uh, mm. So so she came in and she she helped out with the BVs on a, on mm. a few tunes. Um, we also had um, a violinist. Oh yeah. So I had a student of ours come in, or a student of mine come in, mm. 
Mm. And she did all of her takes in 40 minutes, which was kind of painful on the fact that I'd spent two days doing my takes. And <laughs> so the rest of us. And she also, not only did she intimidate myself, but Emily as well. And my sister who was in the studio was like, oh, wow, that, that, she's good. And I was like, <laughs> well, she is. And she, she recorded all... All the violin tracks on one song when our producer wanted um, um, a string quartet, and she did the whole lot. So, and it was just—I uh, felt really bad for her. She's a phenomenal player, um, amazing ear. Um, but we just had our producer on the other side of the glass, just kind of singing what he wanted her to play, and she just kind of had to go, "Oh, oh okay," and then just played. She looked really nervous at him. And then played exactly what he sang. It was it was unreal just watching that unfold. Fourteen years old, ridiculous. Fourteen years old. Did you pay her? Yes. Good. Yeah. Can we hear your favourite track off the EP? I, I don't know. I'm I'm digging Black Diamond at the yes, moment. The title so track. I. Yeah. Yeah. Black Diamond's definitely there. Yeah. Especially from our producer's angle, he um put a lot into Black Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever wonder what life would be with no one at your side? Did you ever wonder why no one Suffer through life on a hope that something will be shining like no one higher than heaven on earth. Shining like no one else. Pray through the darkness. Black
Thanks for being part of Garden of Sound. I just want to bring your attention to one of Christchurch's finest photographers, Shannon Jessica. I met Shannon while at Rockwest Heats this year, and she turned out some amazing work during that event, which you can see on her Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Shannon Jessica. That's S-H-A-N-N-A-N-J-E-S-S-I-C-A. Or you can obviously search Shannon Jessica in the search bar. Apart from being a wonderful human being, Shannon has a real gift for live music photography. But she also delivers some stunning naturalistic portraits and some breathtaking shots of the outdoors. I thoroughly recommend if you're looking for a gig photographer or something a little different for your next photo shoot, then do get in touch. You can find her very easily via Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Shannon Jessica. And there's a link to a website there too. Coming up very soon, I'm going to be playing you the brand new single from Dillustrate called I Don't Care. And as the kids say, it's a banger. So make sure you stick around for that. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dillustrate on Plains FM 96.9. We've talked about your worst gig. What's your best musical experience as Dillustrate? Electric Avenue 2018. Yeah, that was great. It was massive. Um, we were playing on the, uh, was it the Cosmic Stage Electric Ave this year? So that, that would have been a, a few weeks ago now, about a month ago. Um, yes. yep. And what I quite like about Electric Avenue is you've, you've got three stages. So you've got the, the Park and the Lake Stage, which are the two massive ones. So you've got the biggest sound systems. Then you've got the Cosmic Stage off to the side. And that's the, more, that's the smallest stage, but it's a lot more vibing. You've got a lot of people who, there who are really partying. Mm. Um, so you just have the drunkest people possible. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, like <laughs> we had we had the D four playing before us. Yeah, and at the same time, we were like, man, this guys. Are, I was like, I was sitting here the whole time thinking, why are these guys playing before us? Yeah, it made no such sense. an old school big big name here, mm. in, especially in um, Otatahi. And I was like, man, this is weird. And then we, there was a massive changeover between us and them. So we had to move drum kit and we had to put blah, blah, blah up. And I remember looking out and I was like, oh, my God, there was like 50 people out here. Yeah. All right, let's go yeah. get our white T-shirts on <laughs> and let's get ready, Emily, let's go. And I remember getting on stage and we started playing our first, like, in the first four bars. And I remember looking, just, like, getting into it thinking, going to do, you know, it's going to get into it and looking up. Mm-hmm. And there was just mm. the sea of people. Yeah, that's and huge. the promoter, well, one of the organisers crowned us the set of the day, which was awesome for us. And it was just, yeah. there was more people there than any other gig at, at the stage. Must be, I don't know what if it come down to, we were just playing at the right time or, mm. um, or our engineer who's... Who's a who's a magician? Just pumped us through the system, and everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, this sounds good." So, post that gig, what's the response been? Oh, massive! Yeah, it's huge, huge, huge response. Yeah, it's been our it's been the most successful thing we've had. Yeah, easily. So, what are the plans for twenty eighteen? Plans for this year? Well, uh, play as much as possible would be one mm. of them. Get around the country a lot more. We've we've um, managed to make some pretty good uh, uh, contacts thus far. Just in, in our sort of fourteen months of existence, mm. um, so just looking to hit some people up and play as many places around the country mm. as we can. Really get out there. Um, also looking towards uh, recording an album at some point. Mm. That's mm. going to be the major goal, I think, of this year for us mm. is to just make a really nice, polished um, album that we can 
that we mm. can that we can cherish and hopefully some other people will too. Yeah. We can call it our own. Oh. Yeah. So for those people listening out who want to embark on a musical career, fools. <laughs> what's your advice to them? You just got to It's all about writing music, playing music. You know, forget about everything else that goes with it. Just just mm. do it. If you the thing is is like I was watching a great documentary the other day about he compared musician, a successful musician to uh, racehorses and having, you know, how racehorses blunders. And he mm. said, um, the racehorse that if he can see left and right, he's going to get distracted and he falls over and takes everyone else out with him. But the ones who can just look forward and just have this one goal and reach and go for it and not worrying about everyone left and right going and judging them or telling them what to do, they can just be like, <laughs> and go yeah. for it. Yeah. That's my that's my thing. And that, I believe that's what we do. We both have the yep. have a shared um, understanding. We've come through everything else together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've both discussed it before we've started. We've decided everything else. We've had the right people on board. We've got the right people on board. Anything that's a problem, we address it. Yep. But we just go for yeah. it. I, that's what I like about this band in particular is that we we have a very honest relationship with each other. So we just if anything is bugging us about the other one or or if there's an issue, which hardly ever happens, but when it does, we're very direct. So mm. um, I really like that. It's it solves a lot of problems in advance, and it's like no one gets caught up on. Um, you know, I don't feel like there's any real ego. No, we we're just in it to make some sweet music mm. together, and yeah. you know. Hopefully, <laughs> you obviously get, you, you're obviously um, protective and proud of what you write, but when you're writing it in a group and you're writing it in, in a collective um, situation, you've got to be open to people going, maybe change this, maybe <coughs> do that. Yeah. And if you're not up for that, then mm. do it by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But honestly, it, like that probably feeds into a bigger theme as well, in that you know it, it's. People can be very protective over the things that they create generally or, or their projects, they can be very protective. But I think, you know, as a musician working on original music in New Zealand, um, you've got to get used to a lot of rejection. You've got to get used to a lot of barriers. Um, and it's just basically how you deal with that in yourself and try and, mm. you know, push through. I mean, what, what I'm saying is uh, get used to <laughs> being told no on a regular basis, I think is yeah. one of the biggest lessons that I've yeah. had. And the bigger you get, the bigger the, or the bigger the wall is, isn't it? Hmm, mm. You know, but you just got to power through. And music is music. People are going to like it. They're going to like it. You're going to like it. Then, just go for it. Hundred percent. Yeah, no. You've talked about the coming year. You've talked about the desire to do an album. What's the big thing for Dillustrate in the years to come? Do exactly what we do now on a bigger scale would be amazing. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yep. Um, yeah. Give up your day jobs. Yeah. No one. No one. You know. Everyone dreams. Not no one. So everyone dreams of a, um, of a life as a musician. Yeah. You know. Exactly. A life as a um, financially uh, viable musician. Hmm. You know. But, like, thing is, is we're not. That's not our. That's not our. Um, our goal in the meantime. No. It is obviously a long-term goal, but yeah. at the time, we're just, music is our thing. We've got our thing going. We want to do our thing and keep our thing progressing. On that note, can we hear another number from the EP? How about, uh, uh, 
tune that that we're quoting to is uh, and probably the most Dilla-ish uh, tune that we've got on the EP is uh, a tune called Something There. I think that we found us something Warm underneath my skin Feel it in my bones Again To go searching, you can travel the whole wide world. No need for investigation.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dillustrate on Plains FM 96.9. Hi, it's Marina from Dan's Produce with a reminder that you can get 10% off your next shop just by letting us know that you heard this ad on Garden of Sound. That's 10% off your next shop at Dan's Produce just by saying you heard this ad on Garden of Sound. Dan's Produce on the corner of Draper Street and Stanmore Road. Right, that was Hanare and Tim from Dillustrate, but it would be rude of me not to give a shout out to Jamie Thompson, the man behind Dillustrate's live sound and so much more. Which leads me to the brand new single from the boys. It's been out for less than a week and it's already getting a lot of traction. It's I Don't Care. We don't know. 
Thanks for joining me today. Today's show was an extended replay of the show I recorded with Dillustrate way back in May. If you want to find out more about what Tim, Hanara and Jamie are up to, then head along to Garden of Sound and click their image on the front page. It'll take you to a nice bespoke page with a Spotify playlist of all the songs we talked about today and a link for how you can buy their brand new single, I Don't Care. Now remember, you've only got a week to get your hands on early bird tickets for the next Garden of Sound live gig. It's happening November 2nd at the Exchange Cafe in Christchurch and will feature Lotus from Kashmir High School, Dear No One from Rangiruru Girls School and will be headlined by Malinko, who've just released their debut EP. So get in right now and get those early bird tickets for just $8 plus booking. It's amazing value for three awesome bands who are already doing some amazing things on the Christchurch music scene. Before I forget, next week it's a cracker. Finalist from the UK's World Singer of the Year, Wendy Thompson will be here talking about how hard work and perseverance always pays off in the music world. I'm Ian Turner. I look forward to seeing you next Friday for Garden of Sound.